Dear Lord, we, we know that you um, have created the world in such a manner that all things work by the laws that you've created. Help us to understand and learn from your creation so that we can uh, better understand and do the work that we need to do and learn and be the kind of people that we need to be. Help us to um, gain from all the activities of this place and in the future we ask it in thy name. Amen. Um, so, the question is, why should we, why should we graft? And in order to be successful at anything that we do, we have to know the laws uh, by which the, uh, the things that we are learning operate. If you jump off of the Empire State Building, um, you know where you're going to end up, don't you? By the, by the law of, yeah, gravity. Well, we have to realize that without knowing what um, we're supposed to do, uh, we can't be successful. And, and Christ said, you know, without me, you can do nothing. And he said, without my Father, you can do nothing. So how much of our righteousness is ours? Nothing. So it's, it's Christ's righteousness that becomes um, a part of us. And uh, it actually becomes the generating factor within us to do what he wants us to do. And that's by his spirit. He said that he is the vine and we are the branches. And in Paul talking about... Um, um, you know, the, the nature of, of people and things and all. He's talking about the, the different believers and he talks about the wild olive which was grafted contrary to nature into the good olive. And so grafting was known uh, before the time of Christ. And I believe the way it got known uh, was just by observance. And so um, the, the, the thing that we um, need to realize and know is that um, there are certain terms that we use when we're using uh, uh, grafting terminology. And so I'll go over those to begin with. And there is the wild root. If you're starting with uh, grafting stock, there's the what's called grafting stock. That's the wild thing that comes up from the seed that you graft onto. Then there is, um, there are um, three layers on a tree. Uh, most people know bark, right? Um, they know wood, 
but they don't know the cambium layer. And that is the layer that grows the tree and lays down the wood. That's the layer that is, is necessary to make contact with any graft. And I'm told that it, it's only two, two cells thick. So those two cells of the wood, you know, the grafting stock and the cultivar, the cultivar is the variety that you want to establish a new tree from or that you want to graft onto a mature tree. So a variety and cultivar you can use in a kind of interchangeably. Um, <clears throat> so budwood, <clears throat> budwood is um, last year's growth usually um, and it, it, the buds are taken off and put in individually into the rootstock, the wild root, the grafting stock. And then there's a cyan. Usually we take a piece of last year's growth that has the branch and we leave that branch um, intact with the buds on it and we graft that. And um, so um, the other thing is um, when we're that, that, uh, that piece that we use that's the last year's branch that has several buds on it um, is called a cyan. And then we can do uh, what's called top working, where we cut off a tree. We can cut, cut it clear off to the trunk, and we can put several cyans into it at three to five or seven inches apart, depending on the diameter of the trunk. And we can, we can uh, graft an older, mature, a tree that has roots that are just have plenty of driving force uh, with the sap and all the roots that they have and we can get we can get fruit usually the next year possibly if not that at least two years top working is when there are branches oh at least I'd say three to four maybe six inches in diameter that um, the scaffold is the um, part of the tree that makes the main branches. And there are usually three to five of those if the tree was originally um, started right. So those can be three, four inches or whatever, and they're off in their different directions to make a nice um, uh, canopy. So you can cut each of those branches off. If it's an apple tree, you could put a different kind of apple on each branch if you wanted to. Or let's say that you don't like the kind of apple or it's a seedling that is, is nothing. You can cut it off and put, uh, put the grafts 
into that and then that top work tree will have the kind of apple that you put on it. Yes, sir? I have a, did you get one of these sheets here? There's a compatibility chart. There are three, three uh, handouts there and I'll go over that very briefly. We may run out of time and that's something that I was warned that it, it just, the time just goes by so fast. We only have an hour. So um, I'm going to go through this as quickly as possible. So maybe I'll go through the, the grafting techniques real quick. Then if we have time, I'll actually do um, each one of those. I'm only going to concentrate on three or four types of grafts. And I'm going to show you the one that, I, that makes the nicest union and it's the smoothest and it kind of holds itself in place first. Um, yes, sir? Could you go over why we should graft? Yes. Um, yes. Um, I, I had that down here. Why? Why graft? Well, good varieties and cultivars don't come along very often. And a lot of times they're not from seed. I was told that you could plant 10,000 apple seeds and you may not get one good apple. So those are few and far between. A lot of them are sports. You've probably never heard that term before. A sport is usually off of a, a um, original uh, known tree. That's a good apple or a good orange or whatever. And then actinic radiation hits a bud on, the, on one of the branches and it starts to grow a new kind of orange or a new kind of apple, which is sometimes very similar and sometimes very different. Or it'll have a characteristic that's desirable. For instance, on the, the navel orange, the Washington navel orange, which is seedless, there are 12 different cultivars that are propagated. One is, you know, I can't remember all of them, but one ripens in October. Another one ripens in November. But the regular Washington navel ripens in December in our area. Okay? Then there's one that's called a spring navel. It ripens <laughs> in January, February. There's another one called uh, a late lane or, um, or, or Australian, um, um, Australian navel. They ripen about the same time in December, but they hold on the tree. They don't get puffy and lose flavor and everything. They hold on the tree until May or June. There's another one that comes from Venezuela. Venezuelan uh, um, navel orange is the pink navel, or caracara. You've probably heard of that, may have seen it in the store, but it's pink-fleshed. Tastes very much the same as um, the Washington navel orange, and has a beautiful color. It'll make pink orange juice for you. <laughs> Apple trees, same thing might have a golden delicious and then it makes a sport and that golden delicious may be a beautiful yellow 
but the sport has a big pink blush on one side or it's reddish or whatever. It may change the character of the taste and the crispness of it, the ripening season, whatever. So those are terms that you need to know. Why graft? So you can get that. Usually that's only one tree or off of one tree. So how do you get all the other ones? You multiply your efforts by taking that good um, cultivar or variety and graft it onto other small trees. Or if you want to want a top work, which we were talking about earlier, you you take a piece of that wood and put it into um, a mature tree. I had one tree that was a gravenstein, and they they top worked it. Uh, before I moved there uh, to um, uh, to a uh, yellow delicious and yes it, that has to do with compatibility and that there's a chart there that tells you what kind of trees you can graft to what kind of trees um, <clears throat> so the rootstock can be multi, uh, to can be um, why do we graft is so, so we can take a rootstock and multiply our efforts with seedlings grown for that purpose. So they can, they can take um, a dwarf orange tree, which only produces a certain kind of seed, and that will do a semi-dwarf or a true dwarf, and it only comes up to a true, a true seedling every time, same seedling and you take uh, any kind of orange graft and graft it into that, and it will take and produce a shorter tree. Instead of a 40 or 60 foot tree, it'll be uh, 10 to 12 feet tall, um, or maybe six to eight feet tall. So there are different purposes and reasons why you graft. And we talked about changing a mature tree over completely over to a different variety. You can also create a tree that, let's say that you, we talked about that earlier, but you could put four different kinds or five different kinds of peach trees or peaches on one tree. That has its um, good and bad effects depending on how well you know what's going on with the tree that you're grafting. Those tree limbs have to be almost exactly the same size and getting the same amount of sap and nourishment. Otherwise, if you graft off two different varieties on one tree, the one that gets the most sap is going to be dominant and it's going to really grow like crazy and the other one's going to become diminutive and maybe even die off. So you, you need to make sure that they're the same size, you know, when you do all these different things. People that buy these trees that have been grafted to five or six or seven different kinds, usually end up with one. <laughs> anyway, you're almost better off to, to take two trees and plant them in the same hole <laughs> if they're, if they're going to be about the same size, unless you really know how to prune and you know what you're doing. Uh, creating this several different um, variety thing. 
But if it's a very mature tree and these trunks, the, the main trunk is there, but the scaffold main branches are very, very uh, sturdy and well-developed, you don't, you don't graft on the tip ends. Uh, usually you, you graft down low, so then the rest of the tree grows out from that. It's already getting a good amount of uh, foliage and sap and everything, a lot of nutrition, so that it becomes what it needs to become and it stays healthy. So let's, <clears throat> let's see, that's, that's, uh, that's the, the basics. There, I'm sure there are other reasons um, such as nematode resistance, uh, wilt resistance. Um, they graft walnut trees onto black walnut because they, they can take more water and not die out. They graft to a black walnut usually with an English walnut or one of those others. And um, there's, um, there's a rootstock they call a, a paradox rootstock. There was a fellow here that grows walnuts not too far from where I live, and he's here at the conference. So let's just go through this. Um, the, um, the first thing I'm going to show you is the whip graft. And there are two types of whip graft. There's a whip graft with, without a tongue. Um, the best way to do this is to take a rootstock that's growing, and you can have, you can have one single, um, you know, you plant your seed or whatever, and you've got one single stalk like I'm measuring here. What I'm measuring with is just like a compass, uh, calipers or anything that you can make measure where you're going to make your cut. And when you do that, um, you then you go and find a piece of, of tree that has last year's growth, like this, and you measure it and you, you cut that off the same as what you have the same diameter as you have like here. So then I've gone to uh, a known variety that I want to have as a new tree and I measure the diameter so that it's the same as this original stock so I will be cutting this off right here with just a regular pruning shear. Get as sharp, as sharp uh, uh, instruments as you possibly can. Then um, you make a diagonal cut. And this, is, this view is shown where you're looking at it and you see the center of the wood and you can't see the cambium layer, but this is the bark out here. And the cambium layer is that little thin, kind of greenish line on the inside. You can see that I've measured. And now I've cut. 
I've cut that off, and I'm holding, I'm holding the, um, the grafting stock. This happens to be a persimmon tree. So that shows it when it's cut. That shows it a side view. And this shows the, um, <clears throat> the stock that I'm going to cut. And then I cut it. And then I put it, um, I make it so that it lines up the, the same. And it's easier to do that when you've measured and you know exactly how wide that thing is. So you're, you're cutting at it this long angle. You don't want a short angle. The, the longer angle gives you more contact, long, long distance contact of those surfaces. And that's what you're, what you're looking for. So you can see here that they're lined up. So to add the tongue, in that last, that last photograph here, I've actually already put the tongue on, but you can't tell it yet. The tongue addition is nothing more than kind of a notch. So I'm holding, this is the cyan, or the, the, the graft that we're adding, and I'm, I'm holding it in position, and I'm marking it. I mark it on each side, and then <clears throat> I, will, I will make a cut into this one, and a cut into the, the, I'll make a cut in the upper part, and a cut in the lower part, the two different um, materials, and then <clears throat> we'll, we'll split it a little, so that it will slide together. So it's sort of like, you know, it, it's like this, but, be, you know, it has, it's cut, and then there's another cut here, so this is actually open, but it, it looks closed, but it's actually been cleaved apart, so that the other part comes in exactly the same. It's not really as, this is actually a video of, of me sliding it into position. You can see the, this is the graft stock here, I mean this is the grafting wood and this is the, um, you can't see it very well, it's blurred because it's out of focus, but when you slide those pieces together, these, these areas touch. And this long surface here, at the end, that's, that makes a long cut on the, the uh, cambium layer, so there's more area for it to touch. The narrower the, the area is, the, um, I think this is a video, but... Can you see how it's stuck on there? You can see how it's uh, how how this kind of fits into here. It wedges right into that spot there. 
this part wedges into there and this part wedges into here. You, it's hard to see completely, but it, they, they wedge so tightly that it makes such a nice union. And the next part is where I'm just wrapping it um, with the tape. I didn't do this right. I should have just cut a piece or gone the other direction. <laughs> you ever felt like you're all thumbs? Well, that's because I had it going the wrong direction. Now, let me stop that just for a second. Can you see how the, 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 the same color wood that's here is right up in here? And that the same color wood that's here is on the back side of that? So that sliding action actually is what is uh, causing it to stay stable. You know, I've had, I've put whip grafts on before without this, this cleft, this little, I should say, tongue, and a bird will land on it, and whoop, <laughs> it, takes, it, takes, it can take your graft away. Yes? Well, you do them both the same. You lay one on the other one, and... Um, Let's say that um, uh, here, here I've, this is the bottom part. I've cut it off, okay? Then I'm turned this sideways so you can see it. Now, I've made a cut in here. Yeah, I made a cut in here, and then I made a cut in here. And, and uh, you make it so that um, this cut up top is just a little a little farther over than the one on the bottom just very little and even if it's off a little bit it'll still take but what uh, what happens is as you slide it in this tends to slide down and forward and leave this maybe a little deficient back here but it's not enough to to keep it from making uh, contact the contact is called a, called a callus. And once that sap makes a union, or the two cambium layers make a union, then, um, then it, they'll grow together. It doesn't matter if the bark isn't together. It doesn't matter if it isn't exact. But let me, <clears throat> let me refer to uh, page three of um, budding and grafting where you see it says whip grafting. It's this one that says budding and grafting citrus and avocados in the home garden. This is from the University of California at Davis, I believe. So if you look at where it says whip grafting, can you see where the knife, this uh, on um, figure B down below there, it shows a cut in there. And okay, C shows after the cut's made. And then, if you look at D closely, you'll see that there's a cut in the, um, the cultivar that slides into it. And that's why it's called the tongue. I believe the reason that, that the, uh, the ancients knew how to graft 
was because they were observers of nature. And uh, one of the things that happened was that, um, look on uh, rootstocks and cyan combinations, look at the last page in that section, and it'll say California rare fruit growers. And look at, uh, the, uh, it'll say 519, grafting, on that page, on the top of the page. Look at A. Um, the first, first one at the top. You can see different types of notches and things, but the reason the ancients knew how to graft and figured out how to graft is that, have you ever seen a tree that was welded and there was a window through the, through the, uh, the two branches? Well, they, uh, the way I imagine it is that the, the ancients, um, during the winter, the winds were blowing and, and rubbing the tree branches together and rubbing the bark off and then when spring came and it quit it quit blowing and raining and um, moving those branches the tree started to grow and they grew together and they said ding 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 <laughs> the light went off up here or whatever and they decided well, if nature can do that, why can't we? So here are lots of different kinds of graphs on this particular page that you can do and get it to work. So this is wrapping this. The one thing you want is <coughs> nice sharp tools so that you have... <coughs> You want nice sharp tools so that you can uh, wrap these, uh, get these uh, areas with, so that they come together well. And uh, then once you get it all wrapped, um, let's just back up uh, once more here. <clears throat> once you get it all wrapped, uh, you just take something like this and go around, but you want to seal it off so that it, it doesn't uh, dry out and it doesn't um, um, get water to uh, damage the, the junction, which is right there. So the next one, um, so I, I'm... Um, I'm just painting the uh, the areas where I took off little leaves and and things, and um, then I'm I paint the whole I paint the whole um, area that I wrapped with um, just regular horticultural tape. You can use other tape, which I'll show you in a minute. So once that gets all coated, we're we're done. Well, uh, if we back up, 
you'll see that um, what you're after is um, I, I usually want at least two buds. Some people go and put four buds on this cyan, on their bud wood or their, their cyan wood. Um, I, I go at least two, sometimes three. So as it's growing, you get the main branches, okay? This next one is called the cleft graft. And that shows where you're, you're basically cutting into this cyan, or, or rootstock, I should say, and you're taking this, um, the cyan, and trimming it to fit inside that cleft. And so, um, so I'm measuring again, and then um, I'm, I'm going to get a cyan. This happens to be a cherry tree. And um, so the next thing I do is I've measured, so I know where I'm going to cut it off. I cut it off with the, um, uh, this shows, shows the, sh um, the pruning shears, and that's cut off. And this shows I'm putting a knife on there, and I'm tapping on the knife to actually cut through um, the uh, rootstock. Now I've got my cyan and I'm, I'm cutting it, tapering it to a wedge so I can slip it in that cleft. And there it shows uh, after I've trimmed it and then sliding it in to the cleft. This doesn't make nearly as smooth a uh, transition because you can see how there's a, there's a um, transition here. So this will usually leave kind of a, a, a bump here, but it'll make a union right in here where the V is. Why do I use one opposed to the other? This is, this is quicker a little quicker, uh, you know, cut it off, tap through it, make a, this may not look like it, but there's a, there's a cut in it down to here. I could leave my knife in there or, you know, depending on the size of the stock, and, and as soon as I'm, I'm done with uh, trimming the cyan wood, just tap it in, pull my knife out, and I'm through. Uh, to some extent, you might think that, but uh, I think it, uh, to some extent, it takes more skill because these are all, these edges all have to be lined up really closely. So you can see the cut edge there. It's not really lined up in this picture very well. So those little cambium layers have to be lined up or it's not going to take. One of the things that I did when I first uh, learned, I had a patient who, who was an apple farmer and um, we got to talking one day and he, I said, I got uh, somebody pulled up an apple tree. I said, do you graft? And he said, yes. And I said, I, somebody pulled up an apple tree, an old one, 
and the roots are making new trees. There are about five different main uh, um, little uh, shoots coming up from out of the ground. And so I said, uh, I'd, I'd like to graft those, but I don't know how. And he said, well, I'll come over when, when it's the right time. Well, he came over in, I think it was January or February. And uh, he brought some cyan wood from uh, Wine Sap, Yellow Delicious, Rum Beauty, I don't remember. We, we grafted all those. They all took. He did one and he says, okay, the next one's yours. And I, so I, I did it. It was a cleft graft just like this. And uh, he said, all, the, all they have to do to get it to take is to make sure the cambium layers touch. So I said, if that's true, then I should be able to stick it in sideways like this at right angles and it should take. And it should touch one of those layers. So I did it. I think I did it on two or two of them or whatever. It took just like that. Because at least at one point, sticking it in sideways, it had to touch. It had to touch the, the cambium layer, even though it's only two cells thick. So it was, a, it was an interesting uh, kind of uh, uh, thing to, to actually see. Well, we've only got 15 minutes left or so, so we better speed along. Okay, here's tea budding. This shows uh, bef just before it's being wrapped. So uh, first of all, you make your tea. And the, the way I make my teas now is I don't make them so that it's straight across at 90 degrees like this. This is, this is the rootstock cut off, okay? That's what this is. But this is below this cut that I'm grafting it. So I make it so that it's coming in at an angle because then I get more uh, cambium layer exposed. So here you can see where I was cutting. You couldn't see the top of it. You can see I went under and this is, this is diagonally and then I'm straightening out and I'm coming there. Notice how my fingers are like this. My thumbs are as I'm, as I'm working, I'm protecting myself from being cut. These thumbs are, I, I'm putting pressure against them and I'm controlling my, my movement by that. So, um, I've taken the bud and I, I'm using you see the bud is still sticking out here, it's not all the way in, and I'm holding the leaf petiole. I'm holding the leaf petiole um, that's attached to the, the graft material, and I'm uh, helping to position it. So this is not all the way in yet. So I'm, I'm putting it in, I'm getting this all the way down in, and you can see now that it's all the way down in. 
So now that it's all the way down in, I'm using another type of tape. This is probably the best tape to get, but all of them will work. I know some people use electrician's tape. So, or in citrus, they like this one's clear tape. Um, that's different than this tape. This is called parafilm. It's actually a wax, paraffin type wax, and it will stick to itself and it will seal the water out and the moisture out. Those are the two deadly things to a graft, is to dry out or to, to get water in to contaminate uh, or oxygen in to contaminate and dry out the, um, the other parts. Okay, now, that's it finished. You notice that I went right over the bud. See, here's the little bud. I took the leaf petiole off once it was in place. As with this type of tape, you don't have to take it off. With the other type of tape, I would leave this bud exposed so that when it starts to grow, it's not gonna be bound. With this paraffin type tape, it's the, the brand name I think is Parafilm, it will, when it starts to grow, it will push right through that. And it'll just grow and do whatever it needs. Okay, the next graft is a bark graft. The bark graft is where you're, you're uh, wanting to, <clears throat> to do um, a, take a very mature tree. And I'm, I've left this limb on, so if this doesn't take, is it'll pull, it'll pull sap up. Uh, if this doesn't take, then I will have a chance to do another one. This is a, a wild persimmon, and this is uh, the this has three buds on it. And what you do with that is you take a nice straight knife like this. Straight blade, doesn't matter as long as it's nice and strong. I, this was the tree, bef, you know, the way it was before it was cut off. And then it was cut off. And then this, this knife was laid in against the tree. And we tapped against that. I, you can use a rubber mallet or the back of your hammer, handle, whatever, to get it into the bark as far as the bark goes. This was the wrong time of year to do this, and the only reason I did this is to, so I could demonstrate it here at the conference. At, at, the, at a later time in the year, like in the spring when the sap is starting to rise, no budding yet, no, no leaflets or anything are coming out. But this is, have you ever, uh, have you ever taken a branch and started to peel the, the bark off in the springtime? It just comes off, slips off. Willow's really uh, great for that. Well, if, if we get that blade and we start to to uh, bend it back away from the bark, 
It doesn't bend the, it doesn't bend the blade, but it just pops the bark off. And at the right time of year, it'll, it'll pop off so that it's, it's loose, clear back in here. So then you free it up and uh, what you do with, with your cyan is you, you trim your cyan on one side so that as you slip it in, it's going to touch on the, toward the outside of this bark, but it, from the inside, so that it might contact the cambium layer on this side and the cambium layer on the inside. And this is trimmed. <clears throat> it's trimmed on the other side, the, the uh, long distance here, so that as this is pulled tight, back in against this cyan. Um, <clears throat> some people use cord. This is a uh, almost like um, it's like a linen tape. But they some people use a um, a, a cord like cotton or um, coarser, and they they just bind it really tight. And then, after they've done that, I happen to use um, this, this uh, horticultural wider variety of tape and bound it really tight. And um, after I did that, then I put the uh, parafilm over that. Because I wanted to come out over the, over the top of the bark and then cover all of this as well as all of the the cyan which you'll see you'll see next so this is the hortic this is a horticultural tape and this is the parafilm and this is the next slide that shows this is this is bound even here, but it's not very thick. But it, the whole thing is covered. So that's the end. Um, I was going to do a demonstration. We only have uh, a few minutes left. I think there are more questions on the how you make the tongue and how you put the tongue in place on a graft, isn't that correct? So we just got a few minutes left. I can do that quickly. You can, you can, uh, you can watch. I don't know. I really don't. I've never, I've never done it at the wrong time of year just to, just to see whether it would take or not. You can get that online. Just um, ask for parafilm. So we're going to, these are two pear trees, and we're just going to, and this is last year's growth. See how, see it's different color here, from here up. So, so this is where we're, we're going to take our graft, and I'm going to mark, mark that to tell me that it's just below that. And I'm, 
I'm going to take um, something the same, same basic uh, width here. And uh, could you give me that pair of pruning shears? Well, you're not going to get the characteristics of both trees. You're just going to get the characteristic of this that you grafted onto this, unless she, you should prune off all these other buds down below. Okay? Yeah, a lot of times they'll graft low, or that it's just an apple tree, or that it's a pear tree that's going to go into the area that you know it'll grow well in. Yeah. So the 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 <clears throat> the next thing you do is you put these together and they should line up but you notice how that fell away and it, it lines up quite well okay so uh, can I have the pruning shears once more so we don't need we don't need all this other growth up here yeah. So we've got three buds up there and there's one here. So the next thing we have to do is we have to decide that we're going to we're going to make a see this won't stay on like this. It will stay while you wrap it but it won't stay um, it won't stay while um, if you hold it while you're wrapping it but it won't stay unless you I've got to trim just a little bit more Now, Pat, I want to pass that around so you can see the little green layer <coughs> that's the cambium layer. Uh, take, take a look um, with your camera up, do a close-up. That green layer is usually the cambium layer. Is it on this one? Yeah, it would be there too, but you're not going to see it as clearly as you would um, with a long cut. You could do another you could do another graft or you could do a bud graft with it. Yeah. Especially this valuable scion wood you could use a whole bunch to make a whole bunch Yeah, you could just you just take the one bud off and put it different places. So we're going to put this in place and then we're going to mark it just under, well, it's just next to the wood. Right. That's, what, that's the bark graft. Yeah. So what we're going to do is we're going to cut down through here. This is the tongue. Mm-hmm. And then we're going to do the opposite on this side. No, you're not doing it right in the middle of it. 
Yes, I try to do it so that it will, it will actually, so that it comes together perfectly. That one that I did on the, on the presentation um, came together almost perfectly. Okay. Yeah. You see that? Okay. Oh. But a lot of times they will stay exactly where uh, without here. Um, so now that's overlapping a little bit, but you can see that it's holding itself in. Okay. But you see it's it's got two sides to touch to, and you can pull it all the way together, all the way around. And that, I think, is for beginners. If you, you know, if it doesn't work the first time, just do, it, do another one. If it doesn't fit properly, do another one. Leave the, leave the, um, the, the base wood. Yeah, you can just redo it. You could, you could go down farther or up or whatever. Leave the whatever you like and make a new cleft and the other piece. And that way we get what we want. And see this? This does what you want it to do all the way around. And you're basically done. And up here where you cut it off, if you don't want to waste your parafilm, you can just it's not going to affect whether a bud grows there or not. But you can just put, this is called tree dock. It's just, you could, if this was that other tape, you could just um, coat the whole tape. But all I'm going to do here right now is just to, to put this on the cut end. This is now sealed. And it will do fine. I'm sorry we didn't have enough time to show the bark graft, but I think the basics you, you probably could get from uh, the the video. Or not. Uh, well, there are several things that you can use. This is called tree seal. Uh, usually, and this is. This is grafting wax. In the warmth of your hand will start to soften this and you can use it like putty to put around uh, your graft and your, your cuts. Um, this one has a, this one has a, a paintbrush in it. And this is the one that I started with when I first started grafting. And if you're doing rose bushes, you don't need any seal. All you need is a rubber band. You just cut the rubber band and budding, you've got it, you've got a bud and you put the tail in the direction that you're going 
and you go like this. You avoid the bud, and all you're doing is trying to keep the area together, and you tuck in the other end, like that. And the roses are so easy to graft because they have so much cambium and it's like almost like taking um, cambium to cambium. Uh, and so it's just, um, that's, that's what makes it so easy. A time of year does make a difference. Um, the time of year is both uh, for stone fruits, apples, um, stone fruits, I mean cherries, apricots, peaches, nectarines, um, uh, all of those you can do in, in, in California when it's, it's dormant winter. You can do them in January, February, even sometimes March. But with all the drought and the heat we've had, we we'll probably won't get away with it. Um, one of the other things, uh, ways that you can, you can propagate things is to, um, you can do cuttings. And I never thought you could grow your own peach trees from cuttings. But last year, one of my patients, um, I, to I told him I was looking for a, a peach that I had tasted. I didn't know the name of it when I was just a teenager, a big white peach like this with a red blush on it. He says, I think I have that in my yard. So he says that that tree is so old, I don't think it's going to live much longer. Well, he brought a whole bunch of branches in like the end of March. And, uh, I, well, it's too late to be grafting. So I just left them in my truck. <laughs> and they were, they got... They got sun from the outside and everything, and I thought, they're a done deal. It's not going to work anyway. But I was, I was doing, uh, if you want to grow things, um, take a cutting like fig, um, pomegranate, grapes, um, anything that's older um, types of fruits and things tend to grow that way very easily. They're the ones that are listed in the Bible. Um, but <clears throat> so what I did was um, I was doing some other starts some figs some whatever and I, I was doing some that I um, I knew should be able to start even without root tone if you get a root stimulant and they make them in liquid now it used to be you'd have to wet the uh, piece in water and dip it in a powder and then make a hole and put it in gently so you didn't lose your stimulant. Now they make, them, make it in a liquid and you can dilute it to different strengths depending on the type of uh, thing you're wanting to grow. And so you, you put, uh, put that in and then make a little hole, put it in. Guess what? Three out of the five or six uh, that I put in uh, started growing leaves. And when you do a want to root things, you want it so that it will drain well. Because if it's too wet, the roots will die, the new roots will die, and you'll lose your plant. So 
they suggest sharp sand rather than masonry sand. Do you know what the difference is? Um, sharp sand is what's, um, what's, what comes from, um, from, cor uh, from um, what they call quarries where they're breaking and, and uh, cracking a rock and everything. The river, the river sand is the round sand because it's washed and rounded. So it doesn't hold as much moisture. So the water will drain through sharp sand and it will keep a lot of water. It has more surfaces. So it keeps water uh, moisture there so that the roots will grow. So, um, but it will not waterlog it and make the roots rot. Well, I, I didn't have as much drainage in there. And before I realized that I was going to have to water it less, the other two died, but I got a peach tree to grow <laughs> from just a, just a stick. I never ever tried it before. But, you know, if you do it right, you can, you can propagate in lots of different ways. Yeah, I think it's acidic. That's what they make uh, aspirin from, acetosalicylic acid. Anyway, thank you for coming, and I hope you got some good information. This media was brought to you by Audioverse, a website dedicated to spreading God's word through free sermon audio and much more. If you would like to know more about Audioverse, or if you would like to listen to more sermons, please visit www.audioverse.org.